What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We have a Wednesday mix for you on a Wednesday. Sean and I jumped right in. First, we talked about the college football playoff and the overall state of college football. After that, we talked a little MLB. Following that, we talked NBA. And then we recapped our final week of the NFL regular season. And then we went into playoffs. We made some predictions. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Enjoy the pod, and we will be talking to you soon. you um yeah you know maybe i'll just become a two pack a day smoker and and just try and keep the raspiness forever but i do appreciate you saying that um i feel i feel a lot better uh it's just the voice that needs to come back and then i'll be 100 percent back but whatever that was it it really knocked me on my ass but i'm feeling better i don't think michaela would take too kindly to the uh to the two packs a day probably the cats wouldn't either it's a trade-off you get the raspy voice then that's true. That's true. Unfortunately, she does live with you. So, as you know, you're not doing just phone conversations. So. True. Yeah, that's a good point. But, but. I'm going to stay away from the bogeys, although, you know, I love a drunken <laughs> cigarette um, and a golf course <laughs> cigarette and a casino cigarette. And in, and anytime I smoke, anytime I'm in another state, obviously, cigarettes don't affect the body then. That's a scientifically proven thing. But Of course. <laughs> Well, we'll digress from that. Let's talk the college football playoffs, Sean. I I don't really think uh, we have to go along on this. It was, I mean, to say it was like NFL, it, it was as if the NFL team played a college football team, I think would be a bit of an understatement, honestly. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, 65-7. Um, It'd be like an NFL, an NFL team playing like, a sub bold of it, like a U Albany team is what it looked like to me. <laughs> it, it was, I mean, dude, it was just a complete outclassing by Georgia, you know, against TCU. I mean, the athletes are better. They're bigger, faster, stronger. It was evident. Even when TCU scored their touchdown, it was 10, seven. It's like, there's no way they can stop this team. And I'm telling you, I'm sure you agree. Georgia could have put up 90 points in this game if they really, really wanted to. Yeah. It kind of seems like they called off the dogs at certain points there. Yeah, I mean, listen, anybody that thinks they ran up the scores, like I would say that it was relatively conservative. Mm-hmm. I spent the first quarter on this game, and I was like, I'm going to give it five minutes into the second quarter to see if I want to stick with it. And I think Georgia scored twice. So I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Um, I, I'm sure I think everybody felt that way. I, I think, yeah, I, I don't even think I made it through the first quarter, truly. I if mean, it was over. it was over when they flipped the coin. Yeah, and to like to anybody that watches football, it's like I don't care what the score is. Like when it was seven nothing, ten nothing, ten seven, I'm like, this is a complete, com- this are, like you said, this is an NFL team playing a college football team, and I I don't want to disparage TCU. I really don't. They had an awesome year. They really 
were a fun team. But, man, I'm telling you, the two best teams did not play in the national championship. And I, this was my thought. I, I listened to our conversation from the podcast last week. This I is where I'm going to, by the way, with other people. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you here, but I have to say, I'm going to insert a countdown. It's going to be like five, four, three, two, one. This is where Sean talks about Bama. <laughs> I'm actually not going to bring up Bama. I'm going to bring up the top of the, the top of the just college football world, right? Like, yes, they're a part of it, but like the, the 12 team college football playoff is going to lend itself to having more upsets. Right. And everybody yeah. is in love with the Cinderella story and the darling team until you have to watch the national championship game and realize, or what we've seen before in the semifinals and be like, yeah, that darling good for them. Uh, I'm turning this game off because they don't belong on the same field. And it, it's just, I'm telling you, man, like, that's what I think sucks sometimes about the NCAA double, the NCAA tournament, right? It's like you seldom get the best teams playing for a national championship or in the final four. You get some great stories. You get some really fun teams. But sometimes the best teams are picked off early in the tournament by a team that's like a 14 seed that just is starting five seniors. Like it's it's fun. It's part of the, the magic and the beauty of what that NCAA tournament is. But I have a bad feeling that we're going to start getting some of those games transpire in this 12-team playoff, and we're going to have more situations where the top two teams don't play each other. Say what you want about SEC fatigue or all that shit. The best teams generally reside in the SEC, and if you want to yeah. take yourself into Alabama slash Georgia slash LSU against slash Tennessee, maybe even against a Michigan or Ohio State, I'm game with that. Other than that, I'm really not that interested. I'm sorry for the rant, but that was just no, uh, it's all I could think about. I completely agree with you, and, and I, I honestly would take it a step further and say it's way worse than March Madness because you're right, there are some upsets which seem to be a lot more fun in the tournament than they do in college football um, just because then you end up with a game like this where like I could argue with you with some of the darling teams, like you're thinking of those Sister Jean um, what the hell was the name of that was it Loyola, Loyola Chicago. Chicago and like at they 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 held their own in the final four like that game was pretty close like this I mean you almost get to a point where it's like we're not I, I understand that you're picking the best teams with this committee based off of what they did during the season but like where those are not truly the best teams in college football and if you're not going to say it i'm going to go ahead and say it alabama would have given them a better game ohio state would have clearly given them a better game i even think tennessee with a backup i mean i could name a million teams that would give them a better game than 65 to 7 but my point is is like i you're not i i don't know what the hell you do to fix this but you're just this isn't the best product and and ABC can't be happy because I'm sure you and I weren't the only ones that turned the game off after the first quarter and didn't watch all those commercials that they probably, you know, companies paid out the ass for and it's just it's a it's truly a bad product and the thing that I'm scared about and the thing that you've mentioned a million times that you're scared about is not only is it a shit product now with this national championship game and outside of this year's college football playoff, the playoff has been kind of underwhelming when it came to, to most games. I'd say more games than, than not have been underwhelming. It's only going to get worse when it goes to 12 teams because then, like you said, the regular season doesn't really matter. So college football is in a, in a tough spot. And I think, honestly, 
what it should come down to is the elimination of of conferences, really. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, it might take 5, 10, 15, 20 years, but there's going to be two conferences. There's going to be the Big Ten and the SEC, and I've joked that one's going to be the, the Fox uh, the Fox conference and the other one's going to be the ESPN conference, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's true. And you know, there've been pushback, you know, people will say, Oh, well, you know, for a while there, the, the soup, every super bowl sucked or the, you know, when the AFC sucked, those, con- those super bowls were terrible. The NFC sucked. Those super bowls were terrible. Or, you know, like did the giants really deserve to win their super bowl? Did the Eagles really deserve? It's like, it doesn't matter though, because you have to get through postseason. There's a yep. fair, I think, you know, incentive. You're playing home games. Like it's not the same as whatever concept well, and, the CFP is. And, and, and this game is a bet is the best example I can use as to in the NFL, there's a salary cap. Everybody, for the most part, has an equal opportunity to be a good team. As long as you make good decisions with your salary cap and with your draft picks, every team in the league has a chance, a fighting chance, given if you suck, you're going to get a high draft pick, to rebuild your franchise and be a good team. Whereas this one, it's like, I mean, Georgia's got 20 guys that are probably going to be on an NFL roster at some point within the next three years. And TCU has four maybe maybe eight and it's just if you want parity in in college football which I'm going to start pounding the table for because this is just downright embarrassing as a product and and trying to get me into this sport and other people it makes it really difficult you just I don't know if you need to limit like oh you're you're only allowed to get this many five stars or whatever I don't know I I don't see that happening but no you can't do that Something well, Sean. Something's got to be done. Whether it's the elimination the, of conferences so that Bama doesn't have to play in the SEC and lose the what two games that they lost this year or whatever it may be, there's there's got to be more parity. I I disagree. Honestly, I don't I don't really think the parity. I don't care about parity. I want the best teams. You know, the committee always says that their job is to pick the four best teams. And in two years, their job will be to pick the top 12 teams. I know a lot of people lost their absolute shit when the big when the BCS was still around and they had that Alabama LSU championship game when I think Alabama had two losses and LSU had one and the only loss they had was a nine to six loss in in the game against Alabama and people like oh we want to see other teams get a chance it's like those were the two best teams if you know anything about college about college football in 2011 the two best teams were Alabama and LSU sorry and the BCS had their algorithm and had their calculator and they figured out that those were the two best teams it wasn't a perfect system you know we got those USC um, those USC Oklahoma games prior to that we had the Miami Ohio State back and forth like it wasn't a perfect system but generally speaking the top two teams were in the national championship and in college football I don't need the pair to the NFL you know the every given Sunday occasionally the 07 or 2011 Giants go on their run you get a Bengals team like last year go all the way to the Super Bowl I love that because at least like you said man those are all NFL pros there's there is a lot of parity, particularly this year in the NFL. You know, there, look how much money we'll talk about it later. It is coming in on the Giants to upset the Vikings. Like, but that happens in college football. It's not the same sport when it comes to that. I want to see the four best teams. I want to see the best teams play in the most important game that everybody plays all year to get to. I don't want to say I watched 
much better games in week nine than I did in the most important game. And this is not a knock on TCU. If they got in, they had their system. Some a lot of people in the committee believe that they were one of the four best teams. I didn't think so at the time. I certainly didn't think Ohio State was, and Ohio State ended up having a much better showing than TCU did, even though TCU beat Michigan. I think that's more of a Michigan problem. Like, oh, yeah. when it goes to 12, they can say it's the 12 best teams. Will they even do it then? I don't know. The problem is is that I don't think the committee sticks to what they say their their mandate is, and they're trying to be as fair as possible as opposed to as honest as possible. And as honest as possible would have been to get Alabama in – the top four because anybody with eyes or a modicum of college football savvy and knowledge would say Alabama would give any of these teams a much better chance. And if they ended up winning, nobody would say that it was a shock. Right. So come on. I agree with you. I guess maybe I use parody as the wrong word there. I just think there needs to be better competition in these games. And for all the people that were pounding the table for, you know, other teams getting in, um, Cincinnati didn't have the world's greatest showing and Michigan State didn't have the world's greatest showing or I know Washington got in one year they didn't have the world's greatest showing and then this is the the biggest one of them all right here TCU and I don't know where you'd rank them right now but I don't think it'd be in the top four of college football after that game oh god no absolutely not and you can't have it in the biggest game of the year that's my biggest thing you want to have this you know earlier on fine but Maybe twelve teams, maybe yeah. twelve teams will be or will actually be good. I mean, it's going to dilute the regular season, as you said, and and all the conference games. But maybe it'll be because then teams like Alabama and and other teams like that would have been in, and and then it's basically just you got to win the game that's in front of you, and and it, it would have been better. So I do I do see the argument for the twelve teams now because this wouldn't have happened. We say it wouldn't have, but what if one of those teams got upset on a bad week? I mean, we've seen Ohio State ranked two in the country. I guess, but then, you know what? And lose. But then, then, I mean, at least you could say that they lost because they lost. They didn't lose because they didn't have a chance. Fair. You know, no, like, I can't, I can't fucking also give Alabama a 20-point handicap lead in these games. I can't do it no, all, you know? But yeah. It's the same in college basketball where it's like, that year where Duke had Zion, RJ, and Reddish, it was like, oh, it fucking sucked that they lost to whoever the hell it was that they lost to. But like, but I kind of like that shit just because I, it's sure. like, it, you know, it's like, okay, you're the better team, but there's a bunch of seniors that are going to come out and beat you and, and be the better team that night, you know? And, and I just think that's totally different than this being there's a literal, like, Georgia may have more talent with top three round picks than some of these NFL teams out there. And TCU has a bunch of undrafted free agents and a fourth round draft pick. Like, I just think yeah. it's a little different than, than the college basketball tournament where it's like, okay, yeah, all these guys are electric, but they're all 18 and they're playing against a bunch of 21 year olds. Yeah, no, it's a different sport. I wasn't making a, a linear analogy, but what I was saying was I think as college basketball fans, you know, we can it's palatable to get, you know, sometimes the overall number one seed losing in the round of thirty two or something, right? Because it's and like, I'm, okay, like you should have played better, but you don't usually get dogs of national championship games. I mean, what was it uh two years ago with the COVID year when it was Baylor Baylor B was it Houston? 
I mean, it was it was a runaway. It was a complete ass whooping, but it, it didn't really matter because it was like, okay, well, that team deserved to be here. They won four games and they knocked off like a number two and a number three to get there. Yeah, and the other thing is, I mean, sometimes you know, like like that Duke team that you go back to. Sometimes, yeah, they have the most talent, but again, they're freshmen and they're not the best team, right? Whereas they, this, it's just it's it's not even fucking close. It, it truly no. isn't even. It's not, they're not even in, um, TCU and Georgia are not even on the same planet when it comes to this. They're not, they were not playing the same sport. Very well said. Um, uh, we don't need to go deeper into the game. Obviously, I think that was a Changes need to, to be discuss. made. It's simple as that. Changes need to be made. Something needs to happen. But, Tom, we're right now talking about Georgia the way we were talking about Alabama 10 years ago. I mean, this team has, uh, you know, they're, they have a, a king's ransom of five-star recruits. Uh, they produce NFL talent like nobody, and you know they're gonna be they're gonna be a juggernaut for a long time. And let's not forget the SEC East, unless Florida you know steps their game up and Tennessee can go on a little bit of a sustained success here with obviously your boy coming in in uh, two years. There, this is this is easily you can write Georgia into the SEC championship game every year. And then it's just going to be a matter of do they get Alabama, do they get LSU, or do they get maybe the weird Auburn team? Other than that, I mean, they're going to be – they're a fucking juggernaut, man. There's really no – they're a wagon. There's, there's no sign of slowing down. Are you nervous? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I mean, because some of those SEC championship games, Georgia easily could have, and I would say in some cases should have won. I mean, there was the year, obviously, in the national championship game where Tua came in for Hurts and the legend of Tua started. They won on, in overtime. And fun, funny enough, the next year in the SEC title game, they they flipped. Tua got hurt. Jalen came in and won the game. They beat Georgia pretty handily in the SEC championship last year before Georgia got revenge in the, championship game, in the uh, national championship game. So, yeah, I am nervous. These two teams are pretty easy, are pretty even. And I would say that, Watching the two teams this year, I would say Georgia was was definitely the better team. Wire to wire, man. They went undefeated. They were the best team in college football. It wasn't even close. It really wasn't close. No. Well, we know college football has a problem. They've got to figure it out. Again, I, I, parody was the wrong word to use, but let's just okay. let's get the – how about let's just get the best teams in the in the final game. That's what I want. I want the if you're going to say you're getting the four best teams and soon to be 12 best teams, do it. Stop worrying about fairness because they're not. And again, TCU, congrats on the Michigan game. I hate to take that away from you. That's going to be a signature win in their in their program's history, and they deserved every aspect of it, even if it was more so Michigan, you know, gagging on their own puke. But whatever. I mean, that like you said, that that was not in no world, no planet were those two teams supposed to play each other the other night. Yeah, for me to have a year where I watch more college football this year than I had in a long time, it was a tough ending. It's a dud. It absolutely sucks. It's for people like me who love the sport, it's really hard after Monday to be to try to platform and politic for it and be like, no, here's why you should love it. Why? So I can watch a game like that at the end of every year? I'm good. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, Let's. I'm. I'm. I'm trying to be optimistic with this twelve team thing. No, I appreciate that. I mean, because, like I said, next year is the last. This coming year, twenty twenty three, is the last year of the four, and 
then we we got to be optimistic about it because that's the way they're going. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know if there's a grading system that they can use, kind of a BCS. It's funny we're going back to the BCS and everybody hated it so much. There's I just, never hated it, but I, I didn't, understood but, the outrage. I, I didn't, but like there was just – I'm saying like the general public, there just seemed to be such outrage behind it. And it's funny that I'm saying maybe they should have numbers uh, and statistics <laughs> in order to assist these human beings in – to give them a little context as to, okay, Alabama loss, but you know, this loss is worth more points than this TCU win against Joe Schmo. Um, and, but they, they didn't, they didn't have the best four teams this year. Point blank. No, no. I'll just make these last two points very, very quickly. Uh, a, we both know it's all about money, which is why they expanded the playoff and why they're expanding the playoffs. So anybody that comes at us with that, we're well aware of it. So thank you and save your tweets. Um, secondly is honestly, man, it's just, I don't have, I, I think everybody wants to have these tournaments. I think everybody want, gets tired of those three or four year runs where it's, Golden State Cleveland every year or it's Miami football every year or it's 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 USC football every year or it's the Patriots every year it's the Yankees every it's like people get bored of the same shit and it's like okay I understand that but at the same point you've got to let these are all very cyclical trends you got to let the trends run their course appreciate the dominance and eventually it too it soon will pass and I think everybody was just getting so annoyed at Alabama that's all right. We have to find a way to stop this. It's like they'll stop themselves eventually. Saban's not going to coach forever. That Miami run lasted, what, 12 years? And they didn't win every year. USC went, what, like four years? Like it will all be okay. Like, yep. uh, do you agree on that? Like, sometimes oh, no. we just got to let these things run their trends. Let these things play out because things are changing constantly. And then, you know, some teams get Georgia got better at recruiting certain players and Alabama did and other teams got better at out than Alabama at the transfer portal. And, and you know, there's always every, these coaches get paid for a reason They're, They, they find advantages in every, every corner. Yeah. Duke basketball won't be the best program in the world forever. Like it's okay. Let, let them have their day and let time just prove them to eventually fall off and another team to take over. It's, that's what sports has always been. There's always been dynastic periods in each sport, in each program in college football. has, You know, the Pac-10 in the once upon a time had their day in the sun. The Big Ten did. The ACC did. Obviously, the SEC has. So it's Clemson, it seems like they're not going to be what they were, and they were in the natty every year. So it's like, let's just let these things happen. We don't have to make a tournament or over-explain these things all the time. But anyway... Tom, let's move on to some baseball news. Carlos Correa, the saga is finally over. And amazingly enough, it ain't in Queens. Welcome home, Correa. Back to the Twins. <laughs> um, they cut the deal in half, essentially, for the years at least. Still a $200 million deal. The annual salary was increased. Um, my prediction to the, for him to go to the Mets was wrong. I think that's kind of shame on the Mets. I think that they should have get. I I said I predicted seven years. Um, they went with six and up the annual salary. The Mets, if they really wanted to make their team great, I understand the risk you're taking. Um, for me, this is, just goes to show that something's really wrong with his back. 
Um, and it's probably something that's going to be actually his ankle, his ankle. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it's, it's clearly something that's, he's probably not going to be playing baseball. I don't know if he'll finish out this contract, but I'm just saying if you're the Mets and you're all in, take the risk, give him the six years, um, and, and keep it moving. But I mean, the twins went in, scooped him up and they got him back. Um, he passed the physical. We all knew that was coming. Eventually, a team was just going to say, like, don't even don't even show up to the doctor. We're just going to say you passed and, and put it through. I mean, this guy is just too good at this point in his career to not be on a team. Um, and, yeah, he, he, find, he has a home. The physical was passed. I think the ink is dry. He will be a twin. And this is what <laughs> – the thing I was thinking, I saw him at the press conference, and it's like this is the third jersey you've put on this year. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's it's really been quite the saga. Um, one can thing we clear- can we wait until the inks yeah. dry to do these press conferences? By the way, well, this one was, but yeah, I mean, I think we should have learned our lesson with the uh, whenever we see a player get signed or a trade happen and it says pending physical. Let's all remember Carlos Correa in the winter of twenty twenty two twenty twenty three because that pending physical isn't always a. Uh, a, a foregone conclusion, but I do want to clear up one thing, man. You said, why didn't the Mets give him six? They did. But the hard part was, was after the sixth year, every further year on that contract would have required a physical. And he was like, fuck that. Cause what if they find something else, right? Like what if he played through pain the year before? And it's like, Oh, you actually have a partially torn UCL. Like, Oh, we're not going to guarantee your contract. So I kind of understand where he's coming from, from that point. I kind of understand where the Mets are too. You know, if you're going to give him 12 years and the first six are going to be guaranteed, you want to make sure the back half of that is well taken care of. Um, as for with the twins, they're like, here's just your six and we're not going to worry about any other chicanery and you can hit the market again when you're 34. Um, it is the ankle. Uh, but my only thing with that is, is that when this, what's the difference between you signing with the Mets, which is where you want to be and getting a physical after that, or in six years when you want your contract again, you think the team that's trying to sign you, isn't going to give you another physical. I think it was just the language in the contract. He didn't like it where it was basically, and this is just me explaining it. I'm not, I don't understand if I were him. I know the twins gave him slightly higher AAV, but I, I would have, I, if I was Correa, I would have taken the Met deal, but I do understand being upset where it's like, again, all right, like it's not really, it's not really seven, eight, 12 years. It's really six. And if you can get, I'm not taking, physical literally every single year after that like you're almost at that point looking for a reason to get rid of me uh and hey maybe the two sides come together again in six years but it does seem like the twins (laughs) it does seem like the twins got this done and and this was a move that they really really wanted to make they never really seemed to lose touch with him um but he's a big market guy playing in a small market i i don't know what the rest of his future holds i can't imagine it's going to involve playing in a lot of big games are there any opt-outs or anything in the contract none it's straight up six with a no trade clause well i can tell you this he is going to be a minnesota twin because i mean after the saga that went on i don't think any team is going to touch him with a 10-foot pole no and and what uh came out today excuse me for not referencing the source um but there was a you know, spokesman from the Mets that said 
we didn't believe that there was three to four after three to four years we we were we were playing with fire so we didn't want to do more than that and listen no if there's another team that's willing to give them six great and there was his old team so I mean, the only thing I will say is if I'm Cohen, I would have just been like, okay, you're good for four years. How about four years, $200 million? Yeah, but you know that's not how Boris works. I know. No, I know. And he's 28. It's not like he's 36. I think if it was 36 or even 32, maybe different. I hear you. He's 28, but it sounds like his ankle is 50. Yeah, no, it does. But, hey, listen, for the Twins, this is a no-loss situation for you. You get one of the biggest stars in the game committing to your team. He's pretty much locked there now for six years. Um, and, you know, that that three-year deal with two opt-outs turned into seven-year deals. So, good for them. Yeah, good for both sides. Get a star in there, and he gets his money. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, you said he's not going to be playing in any big games. You never know. These Swins seem to to every every couple years find their way into the playoffs. Um, do I think he'll be playing in any World Series games? No, but I do think he'll see the playoffs. Good. We'll look forward to the Yankees finally getting revenge on him. Yeah, right. Um, well, are you mad at the Yankees for not giving for not jumping in? No, I mean I'm finally happy. In this situation, I'm not mad. I don't think you can be. I'd love to hear from Met fans because, you know, the biggest thing with Cohen has been, oh, he's got more money than God. And even if the contract's a waste in five or six years, who cares? It's like, yeah, but you still want to make reasonable, rational decisions. And everything's pointing to Otani being a free agent at the end of 2023 and Manny Machado opting out of his deal at the end of 2023. So it's not like your options are bare and they have Brett Beatty, who's a top prospect in the organization who can play third now. So, you know, yes, I understand that when you are as wealthy as Steve Cohen, no, but you know, any mistake is fine. You can absorb it, but there's also doing smart business and, Maybe the best decision was to walk away. For the Yankees, it never seemed like they were interested, and I kind of am happy to now know that there was a reason for it. Yep. No, I'm not mad at the Yankees at all. Um, that pretty much ends it. There's a few odds and ends that have to get re-signed in free agency, but, I mean, that's for the third time this year. The final free agent, big free agent, has been signed, and this time it's permanent. Yeah, unless there's any big trade looming. Um, this is probably the last time we're talking baseball for a bit. That's okay by me. Yeah, we got a lot more to go into. Yeah, no doubt. Let's talk about KD. Uh, almost a year to the day last year where he sprained his MCL as Bruce Brown fell into him. He sprained his MCL on the different knee this year with Jimmy Butler falling into him. And, Tom, you just it just sucks. I mean, the Nets last year were 12 games over 500 and in second place in the East when – that injury occurred uh, this year. They're 14 games over 500 second in the East when this injury occurred. Um, the parallels are scary because we know how last year went. They went on to lose 11 consecutive games. Harden quit on the team. They got, he got traded. Simmons comes in. Uh, they they're in the eight spot by the time Durant comes back after six weeks and the season was completely derailed. So yeah, I I'm gonna, don't feel great. I'm going to, I'm going to help you relax here. Um, Please, I think, I need. well, first of all, I think the Eastern Conference is a little bit weaker this season than it was last year. The Heat aren't who they were. The Raptors aren't who they were. Atlanta isn't who they were. Um, the, the Nets have a lot less competition to deal with. 
um, in the top end. They may lose a few games here and there, but it's nothing that's – I don't think they're going to be in the eighth seed um, in a play-in situation. And also, the team this year, believe it or not, is around Kevin Durant is a lot more stable. Um, the, obviously, it is disappointing. Kevin Durant was having arguably the best stretch of his career – up until, unfortunately, Jimmy Butler rolled up on him. But Kyrie Irving is playing incredibly, and he seems to be, I mean, again, hes it feels like walking a tightrope with him. Something could happen tomorrow, and we could come on this pod next time we do it, and you know, Kyrie could be out of the league for all we know. You, that's kind of how you have to treat him at this point, really. I mean, it's not even yeah. a joke. You really have to no, treat I him. No, I know. Like, What's it we say? We, we use that caveat every time we bring him up. Yep. Um, so you do always have to, you know. And he's also playing every game this year, unlike last year. Yeah, you have to be prepared for that other shoe to drop with Kyrie Irving. But aside from that, you don't have an unhappy Jimmy Butler, or, or um, excuse me, an unhappy James Harden, Jimmy Harden, if you will. That's why I got the confused. Um, <laughs> of course. But Good save. now you have a, a Ben Simmons who is playing almost to his top level in Philly, um, and he's playing almost every game, and you have Kyrie Irving who's fucking taking over games. And you have a better bench. You have a, a defensive-minded team, which they were not last season. And and the, this team is just it, – it feels different to me, and – I just I wouldn't between the Eastern Conference being a lot weaker and straight up your team being in ten thousand times better of a place between the coach, between the defense and the deepness of this team, all of it, everything I just said, I I wouldn't be concerned as concerned as you were last year because they're not going to be an eighth seed. At worst, they're going to be a five. I still think they hold on to a top four. Whew. That felt so good. Can I? I'm just gonna listen to this part of the pot over and over again to make put me feel it on better a loop, in your, man. In your in your nice calm raspy. I mean, voice. seriously, uh, I, I'm using like I'm not even just saying this because I you know I love Kyrie Irving as a player. When I'm but like, just watch the team, and you're a fan, no. and I know the the sky is falling, and you don't want to lose probably you know a top two MVP guy this year, but like just use your eyes and watch the team, and just use some logic and. And take your hand off the panic button and just think about the differences between this team and last year's team. No, Tom, you're 100% right. I mean, rationally, that's immediately where my mind went once I heard the news. Even the news itself is better than last year. Last year, it was four to six weeks of until he was able to start rehabbing. He yeah. ended up missing six to seven weeks. This sim is like he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks, and then he'll probably ramp up, and he'll be ready in a month. So already I think, better news than last year. I think year. it's five or six weeks, just because you know how it is. But yeah, All-Star regardless, week is one of those weeks, which is good. Yeah, um, I think the you're, fort you're is right. going to be held down. So here's the other. Just to go in a little bit more specifics about what you're talking about, I looked at one of the lineups the Nets rolled out at a home game. I think it was the third game after Durant was out. Obviously Kyrie's not playing in home games at that point. They started a lineup of Patty Mills, James Harden, Kessler Edwards, James Johnson, and Dayron Sharp. Yeah. Um, and that was most of what they went with, with like the Cam Thomas heavy minutes. So like, I don't think any year, of those players are even in, uh, in rotation on other teams this year. And it was a Steve Nash team that clearly, you know, they had, they had no defense. And I do feel good about this because remember Jacques Vaughn 
he was the coach of the of the Nets when Steve at, or when Steve when Kenny Atkinson got fired at the uh, midpoint of the COVID season and then coached them for like two weeks before the pandemic halted everything and coached them in the bubble and that was not. You know, there was no Kyrie Irving. There was no Kevin Durant. There really wasn't anybody. There was like Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, and uh, Jared Allen, and like a bunch of nobodies. And they were competitive in a lot of those games. So Jacques Vaughn is a good coach. He is going to have these guys playing defense. He's going to have them playing hard. But listen to this like ensemble. You have a healthy Joe Harris. You didn't have a healthy Joe Harris last year. You have Seth Curry. They got Seth Curry like a month into Durant's injury last year. You've got Claxton playing at an all-star level. You've obviously got guys like a Markeith Morris. You you have there's so much more talent. You've got Yuta Watanabe. You've got Edmund Sumner. You've got TJ Warren. Like it is a much better team. So, yes, I appreciate you talking me off the ledge. And rationally, I understand that it's, it's a totally different situation than last year. But when you have a situation like that, like last year, it can't help but put you in a bad mood. It's like those years when Aaron Judge would get hurt. You're like, oh, here we go. Yankees are going to go into a tailspin. And on the rare occasion, it's like, oh, shit, they actually played better without him. Yep. I mean, don't get me wrong. It sucks, like I said, to lose a top two MVP guy playing some of the best basketball of his career. But... You guys are in a much better position given your team and the teams that are in the East this year to hold on to at, at the at the very least to keep yourselves out of that play-in game and give Kevin Durant an opportunity to rehab and come back healthy as opposed to forcing it because he's panicked because you guys are losing games left and right in the standings and then yep. get hurt again. Everything I think is going to be okay. I feel really good about this Nets team this year. I'm asking for 500. Play 500 in his absence, and I'm cool with it. I think, that honestly, I mean, maybe I'm more optimistic about this Nets team than you, but I think that they – I haven't looked at their schedule, so don't quote me on it, but I think that they could do better than that. It'll be interesting. I mean, I think at the end of the day, like – I just want to see I, – and I know this is what Durant wants. Like, he just wants them to play hard. He does not and want they to have see been a doing spin that. like last year. So I have the next couple of games pulled up here, Tom. I'm taking Verse a look. Boston to, Versus Boston tomorrow. Versus Oklahoma City. At San Antonio. At Phoenix. The Reeling at Suns. At Utah. What's that? I said the Reeling Suns because they're like a the 500 team. At Utah, second half of a back-to-back with Phoenix. At Golden State. At Philly, versus Detroit, yeah, versus your Knicks, and versus the Lakers. Yep, and that gets you to the end of January. I mean, I'm looking at this, and it's like, okay, Celtics are going to be tough, but you are at home, right? Mm-hmm. Thunder. I mean, that team, SGA or not, that's a that should be a win. San Antonio, that should be a win. There's no back to back there. You got plenty of rest. Phoenix, I think you can go into Phoenix and get a W with that team reeling. I don't even know if Booker's playing right now. Um, Utah, another team you should beat. Golden State will give you a loss there. Philly, I mean, if MB doesn't play, that's another team that you can beat. Detroit's an easy win. The Knicks, you never know. That could be a loss, that could be a win, and then the Lakers is a win. So, uh, I don't know, I didn't tally it there, but it sounds like that's above five hundred to me. 
That's definitely above 500. Yeah. And then you've got the Celtics again with then the, the Wizards, Clippers, Phoenix, Chicago, Philly. So that's literally just within five weeks. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I I said 500. You're a little bit more optimistic than me. They just need to stay above because, Tom, I know we're going to go deep into an NBA dive again soon, but – I mean, this Milwaukee team, something's missing with them, man. I know everybody's saying that, but I watched a good amount of them play your team the other night because of the dog of the national championship game. And I got to tell you, I know they erased a 17-point lead. Bad job by your Knicks. But Brunson was putting Drew Holiday in a blender. Don't see that very often. Well, and yeah, they just hurt. don't look they don't look like they're all there. And I know Middleton's out, but something ain't right. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I think that... Middleton and Holiday have played a shit ton of basketball since their title run. Middleton got worn out and ended up getting seriously hurt. I don't think he's played a single minute this season yet. And Holiday has not been himself when he when he's played and he's been in and out of the lineup. Um so I I I just think this team is dinged up, but I'm not I'm not worried about them either. I think Giannis is a guy who can, I mean, he's played almost every single minute of every single game. He's going to carry this team to the playoffs, and then if they can get themselves healthy, they're going to be just fine. Yeah, and, and you know, we know what Philly is, right? We we know what Cleveland is. After that, you, you made such a good point at the beginning of this whole topic is the East isn't what it was last year. No. And I also think that the Nets and Sean Marks are going to be aggressive at, up up to the trade deadline, which is February 9th. They know they they can't piss away this opportunity. They, yeah. they have to keep KD healthy. Uh, the Nets and have as good of a chance, truly, as anybody this season, if KD can get himself back to 98%, to win the title this year. Like, for real, truly. Yeah, because when he came back from the MCL sprain last year, he averaged 30 a game for the rest of the regular season. So we know he can come back and, and be dominant. They just need to tread water until then and maybe make an addition or two. Um, but, yeah, obviously it's shitty news because he really – I mean, man, he was playing so fucking well. No, it is shitty in, in that aspect, but you'll be fine. Don't worry. How are we feeling about your Knicks after that, that game the other night? You did come back and beat Indiana tonight. I mean, we we're gonna lose those kind of games just because we don't have fucking we don't have the guys that we need to close out games. I mean, Randall, we just don't have that stud. We don't have that Donovan Mitchell. Uh, we don't have a Kevin Durant on our team. We don't have a Giannis, and and you're gonna lose those kind of games. We're just we're not there. If the Knicks can if the Knicks can keep it rolling and hold on to that sixth seed and stay out of the playing game, I'm a happy man, and that's all. I do like the way they've been playing lately, though. They're competitive in a lot of these games, and they're winning games that I look at the schedule and be like, oh, they should win that, and they yep, actually and, are. And they're winning games because the players that should be playing are getting minutes. A hundred percent. They We talked about it last week. They definitely seem to know their rotations. Yeah, Derrick um, Rose has faded into the abyss, unfortunately for him. Um, yeah. You know, Fournier has, has, is gone, thankfully, minutes-wise. Um, even quickly, he's not really getting that much minutes and quickly is just, I liked him. You know, I think his ceiling is Jamal Crawford, but he's a good stats on a bad team guy. Yep. No, he definitely seems to be that. And if you can upgrade at that position by putting quickly in a trade, and I think even Toppin, I know fans seem to love Toppin. And I, I think don't, I don't, I, think I never okay. saw the allure of Toppin. I mean, 
I, I don't want to go on a rant here because we got a lot to do, but like, can you explain to me what the fucking allure of Toppin is? I mean, this guy, you draft this guy, and what they tell me is he's an NBA rotation-ready player. What does he do at a level, <laughs> at an NBA level, aside from fast-break dunks, that that makes him an NBA rotation-ready player? Can you name one thing that he does well? Not to mention one thing that he's gotten better at since he came into the league. And also, he's 24 years old already. Yeah. Like, I could uh, go up and down. Shea Gildas Alexander, who's been in the league probably two more years than him, is younger than him. Yeah, I mean, here, man. Like, I think part of the allure about him was that he wasn't Julius Randle. And last year, anybody, people hated Julius Randle. I still think there's fans on the fence with him. Um but I think that was part of his allure, and I think there's no fan base that gets more excited about their young players than the Knicks because they're hoping one of these lottery picks pops. But I think if you can get any upgrade for a combination of Fournier, Reddish, Toppin, and Quickly, you do it in a heartbeat. And I'm sure there's going to be some bad teams that would look at him and say maybe we can put him in a better opportunity to succeed. Sure, you know, take him. Take him. Yeah. All right, Tom, you ready to talk to the NFL? Let's do it. We're going to go over the full slate for the final time this season, my friend. We are, man. I can't believe it. I, I It's just it's so cliche, but Jesus Christ, weeks. It, 18 weeks flew by. Uh, just some good news. Obviously, we touched on it last week, but, Tom, awesome news came out of Buffalo today. DeMar Hamlin was released from the Buffalo hospital. He had been sent from the uh, UC hospital in Cincinnati on Monday to continue his rehab in Buffalo where they have the, one of the best cardiovascular uh, cares. And two days later he's out and literally home, not home in a hospital home Um, where we were even six days ago when we recorded, obviously where we were 10 days ago, this is just fucking incredible, man. It is amazing. It's great to hear. I also learned something new. I didn't even know they had hospitals in Buffalo. I thought they just had, like, they still did, like, doctors still did house visits over there. Um, then again, New York's in fucking turmoil because the unions and the fuck and the hospitals are screwing over fucking um, all these unions and whatnot. And I don't just say that because my fiancé is a nurse in one of the unions. They settled, so it's other hospitals. But let's figure that the fuck out, okay? Stop being greedy hospitals and take care of your goddamn nurses. You, they're fucking healthcare heroes and all this shit during COVID, and now you could, you know, you couldn't give a shit about them. I can get on board with that. Do better hospitals, but those hospitals also um, literally saved this man's life. In addition, yes. obviously, to the athletic training staff that we talked about last week, those are also heroes. Um, it's just a remarkable story. I, I was hoping for the best. I know everybody was, but not necessarily feeling great about it, and uh, just the outpouring of support and love that he got you know over the course of the weekend was that was great this is just awesome news yeah it's great to see him back it's great to see all the people donating to uh his personal charity he by all accounts is an awesome dude um i'm just happy to see that it it looks like he's gonna make a full recovery yeah it does It's, it's awesome um just awesome news overall okay to the games, Tom. For the last time this year, you have to talk about 
You're New York Jets. Now, I was getting angry texts from you, which I was a bit surprised about because it's a meaningless game. Joe Flacco's playing. How much can you really expect? Uh, the Dolphins did clinch a playoff berth with this 11-6 absolute barn burner against your team. But, I mean, I'll let you just go here. Uh, you know, you said you're threatening to break the TV. I was hoping the Cats weren't in any harm's way or Michaela. Like, just go into it. No, there was just – a, a bad penalty that happened at that moment, and I needed to get something off my chest, but I'm over it. This team fucking underperformed all year, but you can't really blame them with the quarterback situation that they had. Um, a, lo- a lot of things to clean up in the offseason. Let's get healthy to our guys that actually matter on this team, and let's get everybody else out of there. If I hear anything about Zach Wilson is still in the fold at quarterback, I'm burning fucking MetLife to the ground. That's well, all I'm going to say about so that. Don't do not do that. But um, you did start cleaning house a little bit, Tom. Your offensive coordinator's gone. A mutual parting of ways. I don't know AKA. how I feel about this. I kind of liked what he, what he put together, and I feel like he put um, at least Mike White in a good position to make plays when he finally had a quarterback that actually had, like, a quarterback's brain. Um and I just think when you have that kind of QB situation throughout the year that's very fluid and Flacco's playing this game and Mike White lost seven ribs and then Zach Wilson's in and out in the lineup, I mean, it's it's tough to, to base an offense off of that. I agree. I mean, I know people were saying, oh, the play calling was too vanilla or where was this fun offense? I'm like, well, how do you expect to have a fun offense when your quarterback can't complete screen passes and you lose your top two running backs and you're – one of your top interior linemen like it's much I would easier like, said than done. yeah I would like to see his offense with the with the competent quarterback for fingers crossed you know 17 games before we go ahead and we make these changes because what's really going to kill me is I feel like he's going to go to another team and they're going to be an electric offense I'm not predicting this um, but I did have a thought come across my mind when I saw this news was oh no I really hope that Woody isn't telling them that they have to give Zach a chance and before said, okay, fine. If you're giving him a chance, I'm out. I was only, hey, it was just a thought. I hope, I hope not, but good job by you reading the tea leaves there. If that, yeah, it's, I've heard crazier. I hope I'm wrong for your sake. Um, for my fucking mental sake. Just, yeah, dude. I mean, just, I mean, seven straight losses to end the season. Uh, let me ask you this. What, what are your thoughts on Salah? I mean, obviously, I know how you feel about the quarterback, and maybe every decision is tied to that, but how do you feel about Salah? I don't really like the wishy-washiness towards the end of the season with Salah when he started Wilson in that Jacksonville game. I think, like, why if you're going to start Flacco in the last game of the season, why can't you start him in that Jacksonville game? Um, but I do like the fact that I think he called out Wilson – um, and was pretty blunt about it when he deserved it, and I think he preserved the rest of the locker room and did a good job of that. Um, on the field, I'm I'm a bit concerned. I mean, they had a really really good defense this year. They did, but so very sloppy, very sloppy on both sides of the ball, especially when it comes to penalties and some of the late game decision making. I mean, you remember when he kept all those timeouts in his back pocket. Um, yep. I forgot what game that was. What was Lions. it? The Lions game. And, and I just, I don't know. I, I 
the jury is still out very much. I don't. I. I, I don't think he's the guy. I. I don't. I yes. think there was too many, too many X's and not enough checks on his resume. From the outsider looking in, I like him. I like the cut of his jib. I like how articulate he is. I like, you know, his track record. But if I were a Jet fan, I might feel a little bit differently. I mean, for whatever faults his team had, there was some, you know, sloppiness in the locker room. There's some sloppiness in terms of player personnel. You lose seven straight games down the stretch. Obviously, the, the lack of quarterback stability is a problem. Um, we were talented enough as a team as a whole this year, and I know we had injuries at some very important positions, but there was a couple of games that were lost early on in the season, and then if you look at that Lions game um, as well towards the end of the season, uh, we were talented enough to win a few more games this year and definitely make the playoffs. And I, I, I really truly think if we had a coach like a, like a Dable, Mm-hmm. I think we would have made the playoffs this year. I think he would have fucking not that we would ever have a coach like a Dable because I don't think Woody Johnson would have let him have that kind of car blanche and power. But I think that quarterback thing would have been nipped in the butt a hell of a lot quicker. Well, Dable definitely would have fixed the quarterback situation, right? I mean, that and that alone, in addition to the intangibles he has. I just think seven straight losses to end the season. I agree with you, man. I mean, that's hard. Even the worst teams in the league in seven consecutive games. Yeah. Um, Big offseason, so. man. I mean, it looks like, you know, and you, I don't think you've asked me about it on the podcast, but I have had other people ask me about it. It looks like Lamar and Baltimore, regardless of what happens in the playoffs, if he even plays, um, are going to be, there's going to be a separation there. Um, really? That's what I'm hearing. I mean, but I, I don't want, I, I don't want to touch that. You wouldn't want Lamar Jackson. I would want Lamar Jackson, but see, but truly, uh, I guess you wouldn't have to give up any draft picks, but then you have to completely redesign your offense, which I'm okay with. But, like, how hurt is he? I don't I don't know. I, I, the, that whole situation, we'll talk about it when we get to the playoffs. It, it's, it's very weird. It's a, it's a very weird situation, and it's odd that the team really doesn't know what's going on with him. Kawhi Leonard uh, vibes. Yeah. No, no shit. Right. Like <laughs> nobody knows what's going on. Um, yeah. And it's like, when you ask me really what I want, Lamar Jackson, what I want Lamar Jackson's talent when he's healthy. Sure. But you know, then, then it goes into, you got to build an entire offense around him. And also, is he going to be able to stay healthy? Yeah. No, I hear you. I mean, I, I think any, and at what any cost? Move you make, any move you make, you will be upgrading over what you currently have. For and sure. that should get you into the playoffs. You know, I, I we can talk about Aaron Rodgers. We can talk about Lamar Jackson at probably the pipe dream aspects. Then Tom you're Brady. talking about maybe a little Tom Brady in there, too, if you want that. Uh, and then you're talking more about realistics like a Derek Carr, or Jimmy Garoppolo. You know who I want. Guys like that. Realistically, if you want to get like super realistic, you want Jimmy G, right? No, I want Gardner Minshew. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, Gardner Minshew. Well, he'll be available. He should. I be think, available. but you know what? If I'm looking at this from my again talking the eye test, I want Jimmy G. Gardner Minshew makes is is fun and he's cool and I I love the cut of his jib or whatever they say. I think you just referred to that with Sala. I like everything about him. 
But if we're talking about real quarterbacks that make plays, aside from not being able to stay healthy, Jimmy G's the guy you want. Jimmy G wins, man. The injuries are always a concern with him, but the dude fucking wins. And he obviously has the San Francisco pedigree. Now, I don't think he's going to cost you that much, honestly. I don't think he's going to cost you a lot either. Because there's going to be a team, man, I don't know who it is, but there is going to be a team that's crazy enough to throw Lamar Jackson what he wants or, or, or close to it. I still think he goes back to the Ravens. That entire team is catered to around what he does and around him being the quarterback. They got to get him some fucking receivers. I think at the end of the day, they got to get a new training staff too. Maybe a whole new field because they get hurt more than anybody. Yeah. They're, they're, they're bad. I mean, their, their offense is not, I it's, it's, schematically designed for him, but there's been talks about Greg Roman, their OC being let go. If you do that, then, then what are you doing? Are you getting some real receivers in there? You can't have your best receiver be Mark Andrews, the tight end. So it's like, I don't, I have no idea what they're going to do there. Um, but Hey, as for the jets, I'm fascinated to see where you go for OC because whomever you bring in, you know, that might be a, you know, foretelling of, where you go quarterback-wise. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a press conference that I'm going to watch with my ears just wide open because if Zach Wilson gets brought up once, don't call me, don't text me. I'll be at MetLife <laughs> putting the dynamite under the fucking stadium. Arson. All right. Um, <laughs> as far as the Dolphins, they get in with Skyler Thompson. Um, they'll play the Bills. We'll talk about that later. I don't think anybody gives them much of a chance. By the um, way, I'm fucking glad yeah. just for Tua's health as a human being, I'm glad that Skylar Thompson's already been an uh, announced starter. You can't Me have too. three concussions in a fucking season. You shouldn't Me have too. that. You shouldn't have that in a three-year span, much less much less eight weeks. Me too, man. I I was hoping that I'm like, please don't let this be a game time decision. Please don't let this be a game time decision. Uh, yeah, Skyler Thompson was announced today as as the starting quarterback. Thank God. Um, don't need to see any of that. Eagles beat my Giants twenty two sixteen. The Giants covered the spread as I predicted that they would. The spread that we did at fourteen eventually went up to sixteen and a half. Yeah, you were sweating. Uh, this killed me because the Eagles. Towards the end of that fourth quarter, maybe three minutes left, had this game covered, and they and then the Giants scored, and the Eagles kicked the field goal instead of going for the touchdown, and then the Giants scored again, and uh, this one, this was this was the game right here, man. I was very happy with my team, and Tom, even in defeat, even when they played a damn near fucking uh, preseason game against. The number one seed in the NFC. Congratulations, Eagles. They secured the number one seed in the NFC, a first-round bye, and obviously the NFC East. The Giants hung with them. This was a game. The Giants fought. You know, they they were incredibly uh, disciplined. They Even Kenny Galladay made a touchdown catch, a damn impressive one, too. Like where, Out of nowhere did I see that happening against Darius Slay, of all players. But, like, just... I was so impressed with how this team fought and how they prepared and how Dable had absolutely no patience for any bullshit by guys who really will get no playoff reps. Um, they ended the regular season on a high note, in my opinion. They made the Eagles have to really play hard in this game. And from the Eagles' perspective, they jumped out to a 16 nothing lead, like you said, it was covered. 
the second half, they were fucking horrible. Jalen Hurts, like, he was just bad. There's no other way to say it. Yeah, he looked like he folded it in. Um, I don't know. I'm still... I'm still confident in the Eagles over pretty much any team in the NFC, including the Niners. That might wow. be contrary to everybody's popular belief, but I just think that they had the best coaching staff. Um, it's them or the Niners for me, and I just think all things being considered, if they can get Lane Johnson and the rest of that team healthy with this bye week, I'm going to take Jalen Hurts over fucking, what's his face? Is it Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy. I'm going to take him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you boil it down to that, everybody would. Uh, I I still really like this team as far as chance to make the Super Bowl, no doubt about it. But you, you can't – you know, the invincibility that they seemed to show five weeks ago is clearly gone. Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it. But hopefully they can get back to playing Eagles football and they can break your heart. That's not very nice. They're um, not going to win the Super Bowl. I know we're going to talk about it later. They aren't, they're not winning the Super Bowl. They might go to the good. Super Bowl, but they ain't winning it. That's enough stress for me for them to just go. Uh, I would rather that not happen. But, hey, as long as it, their season ends in defeat, I am a happy man. Um, we go to the two Saturday games. Chiefs beat the Raiders 31-13. The Chiefs clinched the number one seed in the AFC. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this game. The Chiefs played their starters the whole way. They won easily. Uh, and Jared Stidham had his moment in the sun because he was downright awful in this game. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs did have something to play for to clinch that number one overall seed. Um we're going to talk about a couple other teams later. I am a firm believer in if you have nothing to play for and you are locked in, do not play your fucking starters. But the Chiefs did have something to play for. They get the number one overall seed. Um, good job by them. Good job by them. Um, and the nightcap. Well, the Jags did not cover the spread for me. Those sons of bitches. I texted you fucking Jaguars. But they did win. They beat the Titans 20-16. to in a game where, oddly enough, I don't know how you feel, I thought Josh Dobbs actually kind of outplayed Trevor Lawrence, uh, but the Jags outplayed the Titans and the Jags clinched the AFC South. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence was starting to show some signs towards the middle of the season there, and then after the Jets game, it seems as if he um, threw the car into neutral, um, and I, I'm I'm concerned for this playoff game just as being a, a dud. Oh, it very well could be. It very well could be. But, hey, I mean, I give them a lot of credit. I think we both picked the Colts. We ran this over last week um, to win the South. and Yeah. I... The, the division fucking sucks. But I for where this team was a year ago and where they were early in the season, for Doug Peterson to get them into the playoffs, I do think is a pretty big deal. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Obviously, it's probably by far the easiest division, but good job by them to get in. Um, and I did do over-unders this year, so if I can remember to do it before about 10 minutes pre-next pod, I will give everyone a tally of how I did with over-unders. I'll do the same because I, 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 I did that as well. I think we all did. I think that was our homework assignment. Um Steelers beat the Browns 28-14. Don't have much to say about this game. Two teams that didn't make the playoffs. But, Tom, it happened again. The Steelers finished the regular season with a winning record, 9-8. and eight, And the magic of Mike Tomlin continues. It really is incredible. If Mike Tomlin ever leaves Pittsburgh for whatever reason, how long do you think it takes him to get another job if he wants one? Ten minutes? 
Oh, if that. <laughs> yeah, right. Just awesome coach. Um, I know, like, what, two years ago there was rumors that the, him and Pittsburgh were done, and I was just pounding the table for him then. I would take him in a heartbeat. Um, and you know what? The one thing I take away from this game is I, I, I really do think the quarterback, the, uh, the Steelers might have something with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. Yeah, we talked about it last week. I agree. He's he's played very well for them down the stretch and was a big reason why they finished 9-8. and eight. Um, Don't want to talk about the Browns. Fuck them. Bengals beat the Ravens 27-16. The Bengals clinched the AFC North. They will have this rematch again in Cincinnati this weekend. And we talked about the Ravens, man. I know Huntley played in this game. It does sound like it's pointing in the direction that he's going to have to play this weekend, too. The Bengals right now are the silent assassins like they were last year. They continue to win, and they're peaking at the right time. Yeah, this was a prediction I got right. They were going to win this division and hit their over. Um, they look really good right now. Some of the best skill position players on the side of the AFC. The only thing that concerns you, same thing as last year, can they keep Joe Burrow upright? It's always the major concern. He's one hit away from derailing their entire season. Um, Vikings beat the Bears 29-13. And simultaneously, we have the Texans beating the Colts in a wild game, 32-31. So heading into Sunday, Texans had the one number one overall pick, and the Bears had the two. And thanks to the outcomes in those games, the Bears now have the number one pick, so congrats to them. Vikings pulled their starters, I think, in the second quarter because they had nothing to play for. Listen, the Bears haven't had the first overall pick since 1947, believe it or not. Is that um, true? Yep. So for Holy uh, shit. For a team that outside of bad years. Yeah, outside of, I mean, outside of the year that they won the Super Bowl with the Super Bowl shuffle, what was that, 1985? Yep. Um. You know, this team's kind of – I know they went to the Super Bowl against the Colts with um, – who the hell was that quarterback? Rex Grossman. Rex Grossman. But outside of that, they've had some real down years, and they never had the number one overall pick, so it's awesome for them. Texans and the Washington football team are an absolute – and the Cleveland Browns are a, a fucking joke of a franchise, all three of them. Um, I mean – I don't know. I probably would have fired Lovey Smith last week if I were them. Yeah. And, and yeah, Davis. You know he wants to sabotage that. And I would have pushed Davis Mills as hard as I could off the bus so that he <laughs> maybe sprained his ankle or something. Um, and, and I would have started the third string quarterback. I, I might have started. I might have, I might have had an open camp and I would have said <laughs> as a joke, I would have said, all right, guys, season's over, whatever. Let's just have a practice. Let's Do see. one of those tryouts for the fans. Yeah. No, I would, I would accuracy contest. I would have done at practice. I would have said, let's see who can throw the ball the furthest. And whoever had the worst throw, I would have been like, congratulations, second string offensive lineman who's probably never played catch in his life and been an offensive lineman forever. You're playing quarterback. It reminds me, so uh, Frenchie would – like play when we played two NBA 2K he would just find these like different like ways to configure teams so he did like an all defensive team where he picked every shooter that was like under 60% shooting I remember him going to Bismack Biombo he's like he is the worst shooter in the game <laughs> I have to have him that sounds like <laughs> that sounds like a very like hour 13 of 2K Frenchy thing to do 
Yes. It was just like, he is the worst shooter in the game. I have to have him. Um, but yes. So to go along with that a hundred percent, that's what the Texans should have done because Lovey absolutely wanted, he knew the writing was on the wall. So Good he for sabotaged him. this entire situation. A hundred percent. Tom, you love what that do kind I love? of stuff. What do you, what do you know? You I love spite. That's a hundred percent. Right. Um, Good job by him, and congrats to the Bears. Um, that actually, no, all kidding aside, that Texans Colts game was nuts. Um, yeah, and that's going to cost. I mean, the Bears now they could probably get, you know, th- three future first rounders and and probably three extra picks in that draft for this pick alone, just because of the quarterback class that's coming out. Do you see any world in which they trade Fields and draft a quarterback? Uh I don't know. It's. I mean, I. I feel. I do feel for Fields because the guy gave it. It is all. He looks like a fucking running back out there, and he didn't even have a chance to throw. Show off his throwing ability because they had no offensive line and they had no weapons. The coach and the new GM are not his guys. They were not the ones who drafted him. Um, it's going to be a very interesting um, off season because you know some years you have the the team that gets the number one pick needs a quarterback and the quarterbacks are ready there and it's a foregone conclusion this year is going to be one of those years where it's just super interesting oh 100 percent um and like you said they could they could kind of mortgage that pick and hold an auction for whomever wants to move up because you know the the thing though is that you know the texans drafting second if if the unless a team just feels the absolute need to get bryce young i mean the the Bears could draft Carter, the the VN from uh, Georgia. They could draft Will Anderson. The yeah, but if you're if, if I'm the Bears GM, you gotta you gotta play the games here. You gotta, you know, if you if you're that asshole that just says three weeks before the draft that they're picking the best player and it's Dave already Gellman. known that whomever it is, I, don't, I haven't done any draft research this year. You're an asshole. You got to dangle it and be like, I don't know. We might trade fields. We really like Bryce young. We really like, um, what's his face out of Ohio state. We're thinking about taking it. Yeah. You, know? you have to play the game. Well, what we do know what will happen is these quarterbacks will eventually start to separate themselves from from the others um and you know teams will fawn over themselves and be like i have to have bryce young or i have to have cj stroud or i have to have will levis um so yeah i think the bears are in a great position they could basically do whatever the fuck they want and they should be able to really build out a roster pretty soon yeah. you're, um, you're in an unfuck upable position right now they, they really are. If they find a way to fuck this up, I mean, honestly, just cancel the franchise. Uh, Bills beat the Pats. We talked about Demar Hamlin earlier, riding a lot of emotion. And I mean, Tom, it, I'm not a super sentimental guy. I think you know that. But I was watching Red Zone kick off, and when Hines ran that first kick back, I kind of just was like, "You, you've got to be shitting me." I mean, that was just that was the pinnacle of cool right there. Yeah. I mean, it kind of reminded me of uh, the year that the Saints were in the Superdome and they beat the Falcons with that block mm. punt. Steve That's Gleason. a great comp. Yes, great comp. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I'm glad the I'm glad the um, the Bills went ahead and won that game. And because the other game was canceled, um, and I think I, I don't know what the deal is, but I saw on 
some report that if there is a championship game against the Chiefs and the Bills, it has to be played at a neutral site. You'd be correct. Yeah, they're talking about where it could be. I mean, they're two outdoor teams, right? So um, you'd think it would be an outdoor stadium. Yeah, what, what do you think? You think they put it in the sunshine of L.A. or, or Vegas and, and just have it be a perfect game, which I honestly is kind of the route I want. I just don't want the weather to take over. I want to see these this, these two you offenses. You kind of want it to be like a Super Bowl? Yeah, no, I just want to see these two offenses go at it. You know, yeah. I want I want it to be a fucking whoever has the ball last kind of game. But I I don't know. Well, what we do you think? We had that last year at Arrowhead. Yeah, we did. Like but could degrees. you could you imagine if if they had it in Vegas and in perfect seven degree seventy degree sunny weather? It might be it might be you know fifty five to fifty four. Well, it's also a dome too, so they could pretty much do True. whatever they want. Yeah. Um, Where do you think they'd have it? All prevailing thought and reason would agree with you. Like, but I think they also want to put it somewhere where both fan bases can easily get to. Uh, remember this: there, it's not like the Super Bowl where you get a week in between. Like this would be after the AFC divisional. So, like, I don't know, would Green Bay work? Um, yeah, I haven't looked. I know. mean, because you also have to count. You know, geography really isn't my thing. In, you but... can't really do it. Geography really isn't my thing, but is Philly in between? But then you don't really want to send them there because I don't think they're going to put anybody. Yeah, well, you're all <laughs> true. I don't think they want to put any any field where a team is currently occupied in the playoffs because you're going to have to start letting these season ticket holders, you know, figure out like, oh shit, I might have to go because you know it's like, oh, if the Bills are in the AFC Championship game. Uh, against the Chiefs, we're playing in Buffalo. If they're playing uh, against the Bengals, you know they're that we'd be playing in in Buffalo, right? It, unless something weird would happen. But under these circumstances, it's no, like we don't know where it would be. So I mean, maybe Green Bay. Maybe I mean that's that's the tough thing. Would be like Green I don't think Bay, it'd be any, it'll be fucking what negative ten. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's just a suggestion. I mean MetLife Stadium, like that'd be something. Maybe I go. I I don't know. I have no idea. I I would I would assume just a long winded way of answering your question that they would put it at a place that's very conducive to the optimal play. But I also think geography will play a role so that fans of both teams can get there and it wouldn't be a huge advantage for one team over the other. I guess we'll have to wait and see. We will, but what a fucking great job by the Bills. Uh, the Patriots, their season is over. Um, most boring vanilla team, I think, in the league this year, and that's even counting the bad ones. Uh, but, yeah, Naheem Hines running two two kick returns back. I mean, he had three this year. Uh, just yep. awesome. Falcons beat the Bucks. This is a team that did it right. They're locked into their playoff position. They didn't play a soul. Um uh, I, Brady did play a little bit in this game. Yeah, but you got him out of there. Everybody came out scot free. You kept what you have healthy. That they did it the right way. Cool for the Falcons to win. Um, don't really have much to say there, do you? Absolutely not. And I have even less to say about Panther Saints. Yep, uh, that's another game that probably didn't get a minute to run on red zone. I know I didn't watch a second of it. Texans Colts. We talked about it a little bit. Um, 
it was it was fun. I I do feel for the Texans fans. You know, some of those fans don't deserve this. That's very true. Um, and being down here, it is weird. There are like some legit hardcore Texan fans. I think they were just old Oiler fans that never went to the Titans or they just staunchly hate the Cowboys. Um, granted, there's not many of them, but uh, they do exist. I know a few of them. Uh, but I will say this about both teams. One, fuck the Texans. Like you said, one of the worst organizations in the sport. The fact that you bring in two different African-American head coaches in two years and basically give them a death sentence for the roster and asking them to tank is really shameful knowing that they're not going to be retained. So I hope whomever they bring in and, and fucking uh, their, their GM, he's, I'm blanking on his name right now, Casario, him, terrible guy. Awful, awful GM. I hope you lose your job. I hope you botch the first, the second overall pick. And I hope that whomever you bring in is an abject failure. Uh, and as for the Colts, they have a vacant job opening, too. Is there any world, Tom, in your opinion, that Jeff Saturday actually comes back? No. <laughs> That's it. Good. No. no. That was an emphatic no. He'll be back on ESPN by tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see him on Get Up. Okay, uh, moving on down the line here. We have the 49ers beating the Cardinals 38-13. Kingsbury fired. And the GM, Kime, not coming back. And I think what's funniest of all this, dude, they said that Kyler will have impact in choosing the next GM and coach. For what? What the fuck has he done? That's my point exactly. Well, that's an owner's decision. What an... That's, you know what? Put them. It's it's so funny because the Giants had literally five years of just complete awful football, and your Jets were right there with them. I think the Jets are a much better organization than a lot of these teams. I know you might not think that. Well, let's pump the like, brakes. Well, they don't have this. Well, let's pump the brakes, man. Let's see what they do with the Zach Wilson situation before you go ahead and say that. Yeah, I don't know. I still think there's a level of ineptitude that is really hard to reach, and I don't think the Jets have gotten there. Um, maybe Jet fans will tell me I'm crazy. But uh, anyway, 49ers, they're, they locked into the two seed. Commanders beat the Cowboys. Will, will, will. Dude, the Cowboys, I mean, we've been saying this for weeks now. They suck. The Cowboys stink, man. And, and, and weak – you know, midway through the season, week eight, week nine, we were talking about the Cowboys as if they were just as talented as any of the top teams in the NFC. And this is all on the head coach, the offensive coordinator, and Dak Prescott, straight up. You could have taken that clip of you saying we were talking in the middle of the year about how good they are from literally any Cowboy season of the last, like, 15 years for um, sure but let's give ourselves a yeah. little credit i was out here yeah, pounding the table you. saying I, I don't know about Dak. i don't like what i'm seeing for weeks no, now nope you you've been on this for since probably like week 10 week 11 um it, i mean he was awful he was absolutely awful the team sucked their defense we talked about last week has and they not were playing because again they were playing to win there was yes. a situation where they could have they could have flip-flop with the eagles 100 percent Dude, Sam Howell tore them apart. Yeah, he looked good. He did look good. Uh, it was a combination of him looking pretty good and also Dallas just, I mean, they, they were fucking horrible. Yep. There's no other way to say it. 
No, no doubt about it. Um, I think we're going to talk about the previews later. Uh, so I'll leave it. I'll leave the tease yeah, right. there. Um, well done. That's good podcasting right there. Thank you. Seahawks beat the Rams and they get themselves into the playoffs. Um, super happy for Pete Carroll and Geno Smith. My guy who is a pending free agent, another guy who I really wouldn't mind on the Jets, um, on the cheap. But and also, by the way, yeah, he is. By the way, they also he also breaks the single season passing yards record for the Seahawks organization. Just to pour a little more salt in the Denver Broncos <laughs> and Russell Wilson's wounds. You sent me that, and I couldn't believe it. I'm like. Russell Wilson was a pro bowler like every year for five or six years. Like, how is this possible? But I guess it is. I mean, a hundred percent. They let uh, Gino cook. They let Gino cook, man. Uh, what was that line he used in week one after they beat those Broncos? Like they, they wrote me off, me but off, I didn't write back didn't write or something back. like that. Oh, yeah. So fucking great. Um, well, he backed it up. Him. He backed it up. Yeah. And it wasn't a done deal though. When they won that game, um, because obviously Lions and Packers still had to be played. We'll talk about that in a second um, because we got to talk about Brandon Staley. Tom, I really wanted to do it last week. I said these guys play for him. Yep. I said that this is a team that was really banged up and hurt. And, you know, to get 10 wins, they finished with uh, they finished with 11. No, they finished with 10. I'm sorry. Uh, really impressive, right? And they're – I, I gotta say, I don't love his in-game decisions, but he—he's a decent coach. If he gets this team into the playoffs, I changed my mind. How in God's name are you playing your starters the entire game when you can't change your playoff positioning? Explain to me how. Well, Sean, you know I've been saying it, and I've been kind of burying the lead on this. That's why I said good job by the Bucks, good job by a few other teams. The Chiefs had something to play for. Um, I mean. It, it's Mike Williams is carted off the field and had to be helped to the bus. Um, and listen, this team, you saw it all year. When Mike Williams, this team goes as Mike Williams goes. Um, Keenan Allen, another guy that can't seem to stay on the field. Austin Eckler's playing on the final snaps of the game. I mean, it took him three and a half quarters to put in Chad Henney. Or not Chad Henney. I, I forgot who their backup is. Oh, well, Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel, that's the one. Um, I mean, it's a scary scene. And, and honestly, that that right there, if they lose their first-round playoff game to the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars because their offense looks like it's in neutral, probably because Mike Williams isn't there to take the top off, that's, that's a fireball offense. Don't forget Joey Bosa got banged up in this game, too. Yeah, who's been hurt all fucking year. And if there's any guy that I want to put... I mean, this the, the Chargers have a million pro bowlers and their only Achilles heel is that they all get hurt. Put them on ice. Tell them, don't even suit up. Put your sweatpants on and, and let's get ready for the playoffs. I mean, it's this. some of these decisions are just not hard. They're, they're not like... They're not... They're not in game, oh, it's in the heat of the moment decisions. These are simple. Like uh, a, a middle schooler could make this decision, kind of thing. You know, I still listen to PTI, watch PTI, because I, I just think Will Bond and Kornheiser are legends. And, you know, Will Bond says that there's never been 
a time in the NFL where coaching is worse. And listen, he is known as the get off my lawn old man of the two. Amazingly, Kornheiser's more like willing to go with everything that new. And he's like now, 20 years his senior. Exactly. <laughs> but Woodbone's right. I mean, I think the worst coaches are the ones that try to make up a persona of what the team should be. I mean, you watch Brian Dable, and again, the guy just has complete command of that team because he does not deviate from what his plan is. He's so comfortable with himself that everybody buys into his decisions. You don't have to like it. You don't have to like watching uh, one of the 18 games that's supposed to matter, one of the 17 games in the team schedule that's supposed to matter where they just don't play anybody. But they have the bigger things on their mind. Why would you put your best players at risk? Everybody talks about the 07 Giants. That's such an anomaly. And I, and I thought about this, Tom. Everybody's talking about, oh, well, they played their starters week 17 that year against the Patriots. You know the only reason why that came to actually help them in winning the Super Bowl was because they played the Patriots in the Super Bowl. If they had played the Patriots, if they played the Dolphins in week 17, it wouldn't have mattered at all. So, like, for Brandon Staley to do this is literally, literally a dereliction of duty, a fireable offense, whatever thing you want to say. Idiot. Moron. If these guys can't play and they lose, I agree with you. Sean Payton, stop talking to the Broncos, stop talking to the Panthers, stop talking to anybody else and get your ass to L.A. Because Brandon Staley is a joke. He's a joke when he tries to defend his fourth downs. He's a joke trying to defend this. Oh, well, we play to win every game. Shut the fuck up. You're trying to play to win every single game. This game is not meant to be won. Round one of the playoffs is meant to be won. Yeah, and you lost. <laughs> Final so game here. Final game. Lions knock out the Packers in a game that didn't matter for them, but they played for Campbell, and the Lions have a little something going into next year. I'm not going to make – I'm saying it right now on record. Unless they make a crazy move, I'm not going to fall for the trend that everybody else is going to fall for with the Lions as their quote-unquote sleeper pick. I'm not doing it. Don't let me. Okay, I got to bookmark this. Uh, really impressive. Obviously, when the Seahawks kick the game-winning field goal, um, the Lions are in warm-ups and they get that notice. And to go out and play for Campbell, this team started one and six. Yeah, I mean they finish they finish eight and nine. Like that's awesome. Yeah, no, if they could have just snuck one more of those games in, and they really to sweep the Packers in the regular season. And to knock Rodgers out of the playoffs. Remember, all the Packers had to do was win, and they would have been in over Seattle. And to only score 16 futile points in a Week 18 game with season on the line at Lambeau against the Lions team who you who just been your doormat. It was awesome. It was just like, fuck yeah, Dan Campbell. Fuck yeah, Lions. Fuck yeah, Jared Goff. Let's go. Just so I got to ask you the obvious question, man. Oh, Is that Rogers' last game in Green Bay? I don't even care about speculating or whatnot, but no, I, I really don't think it was. I think he's playing fucking tricks and all this bullshit, mm -hmm. and everybody's saying, oh, you might retire this, that, and the third. He hasn't retired yet, so I'm not going to compare him to Brett Favre because he's never retired before, but what he's done is equally as annoying. So between Russell Wilson and him, I'm, I'm truly enjoying this. Oh, for sure. I did get Brady and New England final game vibes, though. 
Okay. It, I mean, I, I didn't watch this game as closely maybe as you did. Um, I, I think, I mean, he did the same kind of shit last year. And I just think he's, for whatever reason, because they do have a talented team and they do put guys around him, uh, he's just trying to put pressure on the franchise. For what reason, I don't understand because it's like, you took all our money. So what do you want us yeah. to do? Tom, $59 million guaranteed next year, $60 million guaranteed the year after that. Yeah, that's yet another reason, and that's the reason that I should have led with why I don't think this is his last game as a Packer, unless he can figure out a way to force a trade. See, I think that this year it's more conceivable because they've regressed. You know, in 2020, they lose in the NFC Championship game at home to Brady. Okay, yeah, that's a tough Do I need to replay your what you just said for the numbers, though? That's that's almost... That's... Fifth, what did you say? Fifty nine million and sixty million. Yeah. What is that? Million. <laughs> That's a lot of guaranteed money to leave on the table, man. I'm with you, brother. I I just don't know if there's a way where the teams could figure out something because they they clearly now their timelines really don't match anymore. I mean, you could talk about. No, I think he'd be doing if he were to MVPs. retire. If he were to retire straight up, I think he'd be doing the Packers a real favor. Yes. Oh, 100% he would be. But I, he's weird enough to do it. He is, you know, we talked about Kyrie being like, if there's anybody who's willing to just lose guaranteed contracts and shoe deals and all that and be like, fuck the money, it's Kyrie. Rogers could be that way too. He's going to go on an ayahuasca trip and, and he might decide that life is bigger than football and – He's like, yeah, I'm, I've made plenty of money. Fuck that, 119 million. Yeah, I'm not I, predicting that. By the way, I'm just saying. Listen, he is a weird guy, but I just I don't see it happening. But uh, with that being said, let's let's recap our picks for the final time, Sean. Mm. Um. All right, so you and I both had the Jets. We were wrong. we started off 35 and 30. I was. You were 35 and 32 in a dead tie in the win column. Um, we both had the Jets wrong. You had the Giants. I had the Eagles. Uh, that game was tough to watch the ending there. I took the Bengals. Uh, that one covered. You took the Jags. That one didn't. And we both took the Packers. We just talked about that. We were wrong there. Final standings. I am 36 and 33. And you are 36 and 35. Um, let me just say, before we say anything else, if you bet with us straight up, either of us, you would have made money. So that's that's a, that's a plus right there. Not everybody can say that, Sean. That's true. Through 18 weeks, it wouldn't have been a lot, but you would have made money with the both of us. You would have made a little bit more with me, but you would have made money. Um with that being said, we are in a tie uh, percentage-wise. I beat you, but that doesn't really feel like a win for me. Um, I don't know how we're going to settle this. Um, maybe a mud wrestling match. I <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll head down to that pitch and putt in Austin that I hear so much about, and we'll settle it on the golf course. Um, pickleball, who knows? Um I don't know. If you want to do playoff picks, we can. Uh, we're definitely going to make picks. I don't know if we're going to make them count. But you and I finished 
2022 season, 23 season, with we were both kissing our sisters with a tie. Yeah, so, I mean, in, in traditional sports fashion, you know, there's been a lot of talk about winning percentage, dictating, you know, top seeds and all that this year with that crazy circumstance in Cincinnati between them and the Bills. And win percentage does matter. So the honorable thing would be to say that you won because technically you beat me in the very, oh, important loss columns. And those pushes, although they're bullshit, they are somewhat victories. You know, we talk about that Giants tie that probably saved them a playoff seed, and they're the reason why the Packers are out of it. So I will say that you are the winner, but I am happy if it makes you feel comfortable to carry our picks through the playoffs um, and at least up until the championship weekend and see if there were any was any deviation in the standings but i will say that any competitive thing you want to do to pay off this bet i would be i would be good with when we do see each other but i think win percentage matters i think unfortunately uh you were two losses better than me well i appreciate you taking the high road there um we're gonna call it a tie we're gonna make picks right now um and i'll decide whether or not i want to write them down and actually keep track of them because I actually filled up the paper to the absolute brim, and I don't have another piece of paper handy right now. Um, All right. So I guess I'll have to re-listen to this recording if that's what we decide to do. Let me open up. This is a little bit easier to keep track of because there's only a few games. So instead of sending you the lines in advance, we'll do this live, and I will open up the FanDuel app. um, Love it. And we'll just do it straight up live here. Um, okay. My location FanDuel. shout out to them. They have been better about the location verification thing. I'll give them that. Um, okay, Sean, let's go over it. Eagles obviously have a buy. So we're going to go to the two seven matchup first. The Seattle Seahawks are visiting the number two seed San Francisco 49ers on Saturday at 4.13 p.m. Okay. Um, what The spread is minus 9.5 for the 49ers. Do you have a prediction? Um, what, who covers this spread? So these divisional matchups are very interesting to me in the playoffs because mm. – you see a team three times, right? Like there's really not a lot of game planning. The last time these two teams met was Brock Purdy's first road game. And they really took it to Seattle in Seattle on a Thursday night. Um, Is Brock Purdy going to go undefeated? I don't know, man, but they're home and this team's rolling. I will go with the 49ers to cover the nine and a half. I know Seattle beat, uh, the Rams, but I mean, they have not really been playing their best football of late. Yes, I, I am going to go with you on that, and I think it has more to do with the talent difference. Um, this defense is, is really something, and they could just run the ball right down the Seahawks' throats. Um, so we're both taking the Niners with the nine and a half there. I guess we could do over unders too. This the the point spread here or the over under is forty two and a half points. I am hmm. going to take the under. What do you think? I'm gonna take the over. 
Okay. All right, maybe that'll be weighed in. Um, all right, next game you have listed here, we have the Dallas um, – sorry, nope, we have your – sorry, New York Giants visiting the Minnesota Vikings. Um, it really looks like this spread has moved around. Um, I think it's actually going to go down to two and a half the way everybody's talking about it. But right now, live, the spread is the Vikings are favored by three. Sean, I'm interested. I need to hear you first. How do you feel about this? So this game is, A, I'm not loving all the money and attention going on to the Giants. Um, I think people, including Giant fans. Now, Tom, I'm going to ask you just real fast. You would consider me a knowledgeable fan of my sports teams, right? You personally, yes. Would you consider me a reasonable and rational fan of my teams? Uh, For the most part, yes. Okay. Where is this coming from where people are saying that the Giants' season would be a disappointment if they lost this game? Am I missing something? That's asshole. There's people literally expecting the Giants to win this game. Like, what am I? That's asshole people from. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna fucking say it, Sean. That's New Jersey talking. That's dumb fucks (laughs) from New Jersey. It's it's insane to me. I mean, but it's also coming from Vegas. This is a three point game. They're saying that this team, this game would be a pick'em in a neutral site. Mm-hmm. Like okay, so here here's just a couple points that here's what I'm thinking. Just talking this game out before I make my pick. The two teams played on Christmas Eve. It was a Saturday game in Minnesota. The Vikings won on a 61 yard field goal by Greg Joseph, who literally hasn't made shit since that kick. The Vikings are 13 and four with the worst, the worst, not one of the worst, the worst point differential. They're minus four for the season in point differential. Probably has a lot to do with that blowout from the Eagles that they took. Yes, but they are incredibly good at winning one score games. Mm -hmm. They're, I think they're undefeated in one score games as a matter of fact. So, and they've had a lot, I think it's like seven. Yeah. I mean, you remember that crazy ass bills game? I mean, that game against my giants, that giants game, the giants easily could have won. They had two horrible turnovers. Bellinger fumbled, uh, and Jones threw his first pick. I think his only pick in like the second half of the season. Um, and the giants also had an interception of cousins that was then eventually ruled under replay, um, an incomplete pass. So, the game really could have gone several ways. Remember the giants were down eight. They needed to score. Jones let him down the field, touchdown, two point conversion, tied it. So here's how I'm thinking. And I want to see if you agree. The Vikings will either win this game by going away. They win by 14, 21, you know, they get off to a crazy lead, 17, nothing before you blink. And this is a blowout. They win again on some crazy, ridiculous situation or wild field goal or what have you, and they win another one-score game, which they're great at, or Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins, has a bad pick, the Giants run a flawless offense, are opportunistic on defense, and they're holding the ball late uh, in victory formation. Thoughts? 
Yeah, those three scenarios sound pretty good to me. I think it's going to come down to a really close game. Again, I'm taking on the um, on the totals. I'm going to take the under on this one, and I, I think the Vikings sneak away with this one, and they just have the happen to have the ball last. Um, there is going to be some Kirk Cousins mistakes in there, but it's also the Giants aren't going to be able to put enough points up to pull away, um, and I think the Vikings are going to win this game. It'd probably be tied. I, I think that this is going to end up being a push. I hate to say it. Uh, the Vikings are going to win this game late by three. So, you, so you're predicting the same outcome uh, as last time they met. I will say that the Vikings win by six. I think the Vikings on paper are a lot more talented, but I think the – I just think Kirk Cousins kind of brings – this spread back to earth and I just think that he's going to make enough he's going to make enough plays in order to keep him in the game and give him a chance to win at the end but he's going to make enough mistakes in order to keep the Giants in the game I don't know how the Giants stop Justin Jefferson I think Justin Jefferson by himself will be a a complete game record no I, I could see that happening as well but he has been quiet of late um, what do you think for the? He played much better competition than the Giants. Though. Yeah, he had, he he was the reason why they they were able to kick that sixty one yard field goal because he caught like a five yard slant pass and ran it like twenty eight yards. Oh yeah, he's a monster. So, yeah. Um, what what do you have for the total? Forty eight and a half. I'm gonna take the under. Okay, we're both in on the under. I'm saying push. Truly, um, and you are saying, I, I mean, again, the competition's over, so I don't have to pick a spread here. I'm going with the push. You're going with the Vikings, minus three. Um, final, I think the Giants are in it the whole way. Okay. Final game of the NFC side of the slate. Um, I would say the most interesting game, the Dallas Cowboys are going to Tampa, and the Dallas Cowboys have a two-and-a-half-point lead. Um, and I know Tampa's been shaky all year, but it's Tom Brady. And from what I've seen from the Cowboys lately, this spread has me scratching my head a little bit. What about you? It does not it doesn't, if that makes sense. Well, if Tom Brady wasn't on the other side with the yeah. greatest resume of all time, you know, it, it wouldn't I, – I would give the benefit of the doubt to the Cowboys if, if – you put any other quarterback there, but I just think Tom Brady's going to do enough to let the t- and, and never make a bad decision. And and pressure and blitzing does not affect him. Um, and then really, I think this game is going to come down to, like you always say in the playoffs for the Cowboys, it's going to come down to the head coach, and it's going to come down to the quarterback. Um, who who you got in this game with the spread? Two and a half, by the way, for the Cowboys. I've, I've wrestled with this a lot. Um, I don't want to go too long on this. I'm going to take the Bucks. Mm. Uh, I've hated how they played so many games. I've been very vocal about that. Uh, but it is Tom Brady, and even though this is not a vintage Brady season, a vintage Brady team, uh, they have had the Cowboys number. Remember, they won 19-3 in week one. I know that was a very long time ago, but I do think there's some merit to it. I, I, I have always said that the caveat is with Dak Prescott being, you know, making a bad decision and obviously Mike McCarthy biting me in the ass. I got to tell you, Tom, 
Todd Bowles could do the same thing. Yeah. Brady could lead them into the right situation, and Bowles could completely fuck up because he has not been a good ga- in-game coach this year. So I'm going to take the Bucks, but I don't feel great about it. I don't feel great about either of these teams. Neither do I, but I'm going to take Tom Brady. Tom Brady is Michael Myers until I see that there is zero pulse left in the man. He is not dead in my eyes. I'm taking the plus two and a half at home. Give me Tom Brady. Give me the Bucks. Um, spread. Uh, the, excuse me. The total is forty-five and a half. I'm going over on this. See, I'm actually going to go under. Both of these teams have not scored a lot of points of late, so I'm going to take the under. Okay. All right. Um, let's go to the AFC side again. The Chiefs have the number one overall seed. Um, so that leads us to the next game, the 2-7, <laughs> the Dolphins going to Buffalo with, who are they starting? What's the guy's name? Skyler Thompson. This game is on Sunday at 1 o'clock. By the way, the Cowboys are being are playing the Bucks on Monday at 8 p.m. And I don't know if I mentioned the Giants, but they play Sunday at 4 p.m., um, but back to the game that we have at hand, the current spread is Buffalo minus 13 and a half. I'm going to take oh that. Oh my God. Yeah. Last time I checked, it was at nine, um, or nine and a half. One of the two. It's really I'm dumped. Gonna... <sighs> yeah. Skyler cause Thompson, it's... dude, come on. We got to take the bills. At least if it was Bridgewater, I'd be like, can I give some respects? I I'm going to take the bills. I think it's, I think it's an ass whooping from pillar to post. Okay. The total is 43 and a half. Under. Yeah, I'm going to go with the under two, and I think the Bills are going to put up a lot of points, but I don't think the Dolphins are. So, I mean, I think the Bills could be at 30 points, but I think the Dolphins could be at three. I could see something like 28 to six. Yep. I'm right there with you. All right, moving on to the next game, the three-seed Cincinnati Bengals are taking on who the hell knows at quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, this game is on Sunday night at 8, 8.15, whatever you want to call it. Um, Cincinnati right now, do you know the spread? Do you want to guess it? Well, I, I'm i assuming that Vegas believes that Huntley's playing. So if that's the case, I'm going to take the Bengals by 10. Okay, the spread is 8.5, so I'm guessing you're taking the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals as well. The total in that game is 40.5. Over. Hmm. Can Huntley score is the question. Well, let's look at the game score from this past weekend when the two played each other. It was 27-16. That's over 40. Okay, I'll take the over two. You've convinced me. All right, final yeah. game. <laughs> final I'm game. I'm not saying it'll be close, but like they were dog shit offensively, and they still scored 16 points. Yep. Final game we have on the docket. I haven't heard anything about Mike Williams, but the Los Angeles Chargers travel to Jacksonville. You know this spread, or do you want to guess? In the spirit of guessing these last two... Chargers minus... Two and a half. Spot on, my friend. Chargers Are minus two and a half. Good pick. <laughs> yes. Thank you. So I almost who, said three, but I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I'll say two and a half. Who are you going with in this game? 
I like Doug Peterson better than Staley. I will say that. But I so also, who are you going with? You 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 go. You start first. Well, you say you 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 like the head coach better than I like the head, the coach, head coach, but I like the like. other team and I like the quarterback better. I'm going to go with the Chargers here. I think they cover this one just because I I really don't like what I've seen out of um what's his face out of Trevor Lawrence recently, and this and this offense could just stall out. These two teams met in L.A. in week. I want to say it was two or three, and the Jaguars beat them by like 24 points. Obviously, that was a really long time ago, uh, but just, again, noteworthy. Um, this game, I feel very similarly to the Cowboys and Bucks. I, I would not be surprised if either of these teams won, and I kind of don't love either of them. But in the spirit of disagreement, I'll take the Jags at home. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I feel very much that this team is just going on to lose to whoever they play. Sure. Um, this game is being played on Saturday at 8.15, and the total is 47 and a half. Ooh. I'm going over. 47 and a half. I'm going to go under. Okay. I'm going to say it's been around that 42, 43 range. All right. Um, again, I will decide whether or not I want to keep track of those. Um, I guess we'll talk. We'll talk offline about that. <laughs> um, anything else? Any other? Anything else you have to say? I, I the one thing I will say is, I mean, I, I sometimes suffer from short term memory loss, but I really can't remember a worse quarterback picture for for the playoffs in my life. Oh no. No, I mean, Brock Purdy, literally Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft. Daniel Jones, who everybody hated uh, and said shouldn't get a job. Kirk Cousins, the much maligned. Obviously, Dak Prescott, the much maligned. Jalen Hurts, who is hurt. Geno Smith, that's in the NFC alone. Obviously, we know Brady. He's he's the GOAT. But then you go Skylar Thompson. You're going Huntley. You're going Herbert, who's great, but the team, eh. And then you're going Trevor Lawrence. It's... It's wild, man. Who's the best quarterback in the playoffs? Patrick Mahomes. The best quarterback is Mahomes, followed then by Josh Allen, followed then by Brady. Or Whoa. you want to put Burrow ahead of Burrow. Brady. Yeah. At this point in their careers, I might put I might put Burrow too. I might even I put him behind Josh Allen. Differently about those teams and though that surround that quarterback. Sure, of course. I was just simply asking about the quarterback. I think I'd put Burrow too. Allen yeah. Allen has left a little bit to be desired for me over the past couple of weeks. I think his Listen, arm is hurt. You know how much I love Burrow. You're not going to hear an argument from me. I mean, the guy just took his team to the Super Bowl last year, and he's damn near looking poised to do it again. Um, but that bad man, Tom Brady, like you said, you know, he's <laughs> you can't kill him, and he's still he's still great. That team is not so. Another reason why I took the Bucks. When it comes to Brady, it's like if you had to win one game and your life depended on it, who are you taking over Brady? Right. Well, you know, Mahomes is the best, but he melted down against Burrow last year. He does have those weird games where he doesn't play well all the way through. We've seen how explosive Jalen Hurts can be, but he's been banged up. I mean, it's it's fascinating, man. It really is. It truly is, and I think this year, more than any year for the NFC at least, I think uh, uh, the best, most well-rounded and coached team is going to go to the Super Bowl. 
I think the AFC is a little bit of a different story, but I think in the NFC it's going to be a real uh, a team win this year. I agree with you. I think that's why if you want to cling tight to the Eagles like you like you said before, I, I can't be upset at you. That that's a very well coached team. Um, obviously, I feel great about San Francisco the way that they just know how to play their brand of football with Shanahan and and the defense doing what it does. Um, and obviously on the AFC side, I, I love Reed, uh, that combination of Reed and Mahomes. I love that combination of McDermott and Allen. Uh, I don't love Zach Taylor. I will say that, but he did get his team to a Super Bowl, so I can't really knock him and Burrow is Burrow. Uh, I love Doug Peterson, but the Jaguars are the Jaguars. So it's yep. All right. Let's do a new thing. I just thought of it. Our recency bias Super Bowl picks. We're going to do it every week for the rest <laughs> of the playoffs. <laughs> Give me, are, this is why you're CEO. Give me, your, give, me your two, give me your teams from each conference and give me your Super Bowl winner for your recency bias picks of the week. All right. Pre-wild card weekend recency bias Super Bowl picks. The San Francisco 49ers will be playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. Who wins? Cincinnati Bengals. They get revenge and they do it. Okay. I have the Philadelphia Eagles playing the Kansas City Chiefs and the Kansas City Chiefs win. I picked them to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. They're the number one overall seed. Why stop now? No reason to. All right. Well, we'll pick this up before divisional weekend, which I think is the best weekend in sports, personally. Now, you being the the best right-hand man and COO of the pod, I'm going to need you to remind me about the recency bias picks next week (laughs) so that we make them. I'm I'm an ideas guy. Execution. I'm going to write it down right now and make sure. I have my notebook right next to where I get ready to do the pod, so I will not forget. Yeah, At work, I'm an ideas and an execution guy. Here, I'm more (laughs) of an ideas guy, and and maybe I'll get it done. Uh, You you need people to keep tabs on your wild ideas to make sure they don't go anywhere. Yeah. I like it. You got anything else going on? We're we're still under the two hour mark. If you have any rants or anything, I don't have many rants because the coaching carousel. I said my piece on the Texans. I just uh, meant in life in general. Oh, in life in general. I thought you meant the sports part. Oh uh, well, my parents get in tomorrow. By the time oh this pod yes, is up, they will be here. So awesome. You I haven't have, seen them in what two years or something like that. I last saw them in February of twenty twenty two. Oh okay. So about a year. But, nice. Yeah. But uh, I, I thank God the weather's going to be great here, like mid to high 60s the first two days, mid 70s the next two days. I don't so feel I, bad for your parents of all people. They're coming from 80s. I will fortunately have lots of outdoor activities planned, walks, hikes. Nice. You know, plenty of nice things to do, good scenery. So there should not be a uh, a shortage of things to do but i am looking forward to hosting them uh you know obviously have my own place have my own life here very cool uh, so that should be fun um might be a little hectic and but in all the right ways um so that is what i've had on my mind you know i'm going to be they're not. I'm going to be driving them around, so you know you got to make sure you know, the car look is nice. You know, <laughs> get a little clean detail. Out the car, get a little detail on that. The apartment looks good. Actually organized. Yeah, and, you can't just yeah. have fucking bourbon and uh, and you know seltzer in the fridge. You need no, 
no, can't have no, bourbon no. on the table. Now, and I will tell you, I do. You know this. I do meal prep, so that, there's no problem there. But yes, just some other things. Um, so you know, a slight, a, a, a loose itinerary of things to do and places to go. So I should have all of that taken care of. So next time we talk, I will have a full report. But it is very interesting as you get older and you're, you know, I was always close, relatively close in proximity to my parents. Even when they lived on Cape Cod, I was a three-hour drive away. So it was never like I was going months and months at a time. And they're still your parents. But it feels different now when it's like, oh, shit, like, what are we hosting my parents at? place i call home now so yeah first uh, time hosting your parents in your own place no roommates that they have to make fucking small talk with man you're moving up in the world i know it really is something it's also very horrifying um but yes so we've got that taken care of that will you will get the full report because it's been taking up much of my time as work has as well uh, but what's been going on with you, man? It sounds like you're almost completely over this cold. Uh, what have you been doing? You got any plans for the weekend coming up? Yeah, I'm, I'm, you can hear it in my voice. I'm still a little raspy, you know, still a little sexy. But, um, oh, yeah. I yeah, not, not much. Just doing a little car shopping, which is always a fucking nightmare. Um, what are we looking at? Eh, just a little shit box. I like... I have a I have a company car, so again, I I don't need anything fancy. I'm just gonna get. I found a cheap, low mileage, safe Hyundai Elantra. And one thing I will say is, it is wild that the most important thing, aside from reliability of a car, is safety. Because it's it's again, you know, it's scary for you that you're a host and everything. And what I'm thinking about when I buy this car, because we're not going to be putting a lot of miles on it just because Michaela has her own car and then I have my work van is that it's going to be around for a while. I'm going to be probably driving around ch- children of my own in this car. And that is that is, that is, that is crazy to think about. So safety is, is one of the big ones. But, you know, it's basically like a brand new Hyundai for fucking nothing. So. Going to take it to a mechanic, get it looked at, make sure everything's good, and then hopefully I have a new car by the next time we talk. Cause That's exciting, man. My car's make sure been it's shit all-wheel drive, too. Make sure those... No, 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 no. It's not going to be all-wheel drive. We've had... I've had this argument with all... With the, with the, with the in-laws and Michaela. We're not worried about the all-wheel drive. This car is not touching the ground when there's snow or anything like that i said let's pretend let's pretend well we're shopping for this car let's pretend we live in florida what's important in florida that's all i said because that's the plan because listen i i have a work car so i have to drive that to work and if it's snowing that bad out i'm not going to be driving it and if michaela wants to supplement her miles on this car she can do it for eight months out of the year and then when it's snowing that bad and she has to go somewhere she's got a beautiful subaru See, that is all that matters. Okay, you convinced me because I, I, I could not understand from a practicality standpoint why when people – I understand if you have a car passed down or you don't want to spend money on a new car. Like you're going to drive what you got. Cool. But once you have the ability to get a new car up there, the practicality of an all-wheel drive car – A hundred percent agree. I couldn't agree like, more. so dumb when people are like, I got a Hyundai Velocitor. Like why? Yep. That no, car I has been for the California freeways. I hear you. I completely agree with you. And if this was going to be my daily driver, I drive this car to work and I drive this car everywhere. Number one would be all wheel drive. But being that 
we don't we truly don't need it and there is not a reason for it i could cross it off the list and it made the search a lot cheaper well that makes a lot of sense you you have a reason behind it that reason is very fair and yeah i mean to think that you're gonna have a child two children in the back of that car someday uh talk about growing up right before our eyes i, I mean, know Tom, this is crazy it is quite let's the, get to the let's talk. get to the wedding enough kid talk you're fucking making yeah. me nervous here oh uh, you were the one that brought it up i had nothing to do with it um but yes just things I, you got to think about man it's just a of reality course. of course it is a hundred percent um but yeah i mean we're we're at two 272 episodes i mean we're talking about time going by we're we're gonna be hitting 300 this year insane uh, it's crazy, man. When we started this thing, that was shit. Like three, three living situations ago for me: a girlfriend, a breakup, another girlfriend that turned into a fiance, an eventual wife. I mean, we've, you're, you're what? Two. That's that was three moves ago for you, including a basically a cross country move. I think, kind of. Yeah. yeah um, you know, couple couple females for you tucked in there as well. I mean, shit. Yep. We've. We've come a long way, man. We really have, and there's no signs of slowing down. But it never is, can't it stop, is won't stop. Fast. Yes, can't stop, won't stop. Indeed. Well, Tom, you best of luck with that car, man. And uh, very exciting times. And everybody will get a full report from me. And the only thing I said, you know, obviously my mom, she she wants to be out and about and do things. I said the only thing I need from you is three to six thirty Sunday. That's my time. For the Giants Vikings game. That's it. <laughs> well, I hope it's I hope it's not a um I hope it's not a Georgia TCU situation. <laughs> Although that <laughs> might is, be what that might be what your mom's got her fingers crossed for because oh, then in the first quarter she could I'll tell you that. <laughs> if it's if it's if it's uh twenty one nothing at the end of uh the first quarter, there will be no three to six thirty. It'll be three to four. Let's go get something to eat. Yeah, well listen, have have a lot of fun. And you know this is this is a really cool opportunity for you to go show off. The, it's really your city now. I know, man. It's crazy. It's like when they came here the last time. I was like, oh, I kind of know this. I'm like, no, I could show for you guys totally around. We now, are they staying with you, or did they get a hotel? Uh, the first night uh, they're staying with me, and then the next three they're going to do the hotel. Okay. Well, a little bit of both. Well, one thing I will say. I would make sure that you get, you know, if your mom likes a certain coffee or whatever, just have it in the house, you know? Yep. Just, it's the little things. It's the little things. It's And I, the reason for the hotel is my apartment is, it's a very nice first apartment for a one bedroom, but it is not a castle by any stretch. Uh, and if we've kind of, you know, gone at it in times of like arguing, because I was thinking about this, like, you know, I don't know how you are ever with your mom or like how, how Michaela ever is with, with, with parents or whatever. But like, you know, when I would go up to the Cape, if I was there for more than three days, there was usually an argument that would ensue after that. <laughs> or if, if when I would visit them in Florida in their condo, uh, you know, if I'm there for over two or three days, some kind of argument ensues. And the reason being is there. Are we talking usually- hostile or more just, you know? depend it can wow. depend but i think what, what it really stems from is you know they're not used to having you in their personal space anymore mm. right 
So and you're still their kids, so there's like right. expectations and there. And I'm not used to being in their personal space all that much anymore. So when I try to escape or want some time on my own and don't have anywhere to go, you know, that's sometimes when you, it can be a little bit of button heads. So that's why the hotel makes a lot of sense. There's not a lot of room in my apartment for all for the three of us for four days. So you guys go enjoy your personal space. I can sleep in my own bed every night. And uh, we can just enjoy the days. That's that's the way to do it. Until you own a house where you have like, you know, uh, a, a spare bedroom allotted to them, or at least have a two bedroom apartment ready to go with a guest room, I think that's the move. Definitely, I think so too. you know, throw them up in a hotel. It's not like your parents are homeless; they can afford it. Just tell them to get the fuck out. Um, <laughs> but, but the one I love question how you went from make sure it's the little things and the coffee to make sure they get the fuck out. Well, the one question I do have is, when they yes. come and sleep over, please, for the love of God, tell me you're sleeping on the couch. Oh, 100 percent. Okay, good man, good man. It's the right thing to do. Yeah, it's one day. And, you know, it's not like they came for four days and they just expect you to sleep on the couch for four days. One night, you know, you're going to sleep like ass, but get it over with. And then the next night you can you can drop them off at their hotel and and then get back to your bed. I have a whole new perspective on sleeping on a couch or whatever, because the first I don't think you I don't know if you remember, but the first like four months I lived here, I slept on the couch. Yes. Yes. Before you got an apartment. No, while I was waiting for my bed to be, my mattress. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Because of the COVID and everything was back ordered. So I was like couch slash air mattress for four months. So like once that was the case, I'm like, shit, you one, two nights? Yeah, I can do that. That's nothing. And it's for your parents. Well, good man, because I was going to have to verbally undress you if you told me, no, it's my house. I do know some people that are like that. that that And they're not good people. No, and I feel good about saying that. And I'll give Will a shout out before we leave. Whenever his parents come, him and his brother make a decision who dis- who's sleeping on the couch what night. The parents always get the bed, which is the right thing to do. Listen, I can I can give Will a lot of shit for many things, you know, the Cowboys and some of his outlandish takes. But hey, that's the right thing to do, Will. I'm proud of you, bud. All right, man. Well, you enjoy your time with your parents. Have a lot of fun. It doesn't sound like you're going to be doing. There's going to be too much downtime, but. It's going to be, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Enjoy the weather um, and have some fun. Thank you, sir. Best of luck with the car. And uh, everybody will be back talking wild card recap, divisional round preview. And uh, we'll be back next week. Yes, sir. And I'll go ahead and say it for you go Giants. Go Giants, baby. Thank you. <laughs> no problem.